All right, all right. Hey, uh, don't, they're putting my friends together, so don't worry about that. Um, hey, uh, we're going to pray and jump in in just a second, but uh, I, got, I got one more thing I want to mention to you. One of the biggest events we do all year, it's called the World's Largest Easter Egg Hunt. It's coming up in a couple of weeks, Saturday, March 28th, and here's what you need to know. We need more eggs, okay? We need more eggs than you could ever dream, than you could ever imagine. We need a tremendous amount. We need thousands of eggs. We will have 10,000 eggs there. We've got at least 7,000 right now, but we need more eggs. Pre-filled plastic eggs, all right? Pre-filled candy, good candy, good candy, y'all, good candy. Look at your neighbor and say, good candy. You know what I mean by good candy? I'm talking nerds, I'm talking sweet, sweet tarts, Laffy Taffy, you know what I'm saying? In Jesus' name, good candy. All right, we need more eggs. All right, you bring them next Sunday. All right, hey, I'm gonna pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you that you are here and thank you that you are with us. And God, thank you for what you're gonna do right now. God, because I believe that right now in this room, you're gonna speak to people, you're gonna remind people about some things that maybe at one time were important to them and just something happened, life happened, and they just kind of drifted away. For a lot of people, you're gonna, you're gonna, refresh into their heart and into their mind things that, that they've known and they come and they sing about every single Sunday, but you're going to dig it a little deeper into their life today. And maybe for somebody, God, I'm praying that today would be the day when you open their eyes for the very first time and they would see Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wait, these are uh, two of my friends up here on stage with me. And here's what I want to know. I want to know, uh, out of these two, which one of these two guys do you think looks normal, okay? Which one of these two guys do you think looks normal? Do you think this guy looks pretty normal? I think this guy looks pretty normal, right? This guy looks kind of normal, just jeans, you know, jeans, t-shirt kind of guy. And then you got this guy. Who thinks this guy looks pretty normal? No hands are going up, exactly, all right? Like if you were walking around Walmart, walking around downtown Hazard, you know, I think this guy would probably get a little bit more looks than this guy would. Would you say, would you say amen if you would agree? Right, this guy, this guy's still fired up that UK is 31 and 0. Like he's got his hand up in the air. I think there's a hand. We actually had a hard time getting hands on today. I don't even, that might be his hand. After yesterday, he had a pom pom surgically attached. Okay, so, but this guy's fired up. But this guy just looks a little, you know, he stands out. You know, he walks into a room. People notice him. This guy, this guy just looks normal. And maybe that's how you would describe you. You know, maybe the way that you would think about you and maybe the way that other people think about you is you would just describe yourself as normal. You know, you, you, you're not marching to the beat of your own drum. You know, when you walk into a room, everybody doesn't take notice. You're not, you know, really trying to dress in a certain way that draws attention. You're not listening to really different out there styles of music or anything. You would just describe yourself as normal. But then there are others of you, and you would say, you know what, I'm not normal at all. Like, you are more in this guy's camp, rocking the blue mohawk, right? So you're like, you're thinking, you know what, I do march to the beat of my own drummer. I, I don't feel like I'm normal at all. I think differently. I act differently. I listen to different styles of music. I'm just, I'm just different. I am not, I'm not normal. What is normal? What, what does it mean to be normal? You know, if you took a dictionary and you looked at the word normal, the, the word normal, it literally means to conform to a standard. I wonder, you know, we talk about people being normal, people standing out, kind of awkward, and, and maybe you're here and you're thinking, you know what, I'm normal, or you know what, I'm an individual, I think for myself. But did you know that 
Being an individual and standing out, marching to the beat of your own drummer, you know what? It goes deeper than the music you wear, than the, than the clothes you wear, rather, and the music you listen to. Isn't that true? It's, it's deeper than that. Because, listen, even though this guy looks drastically different from our friend over here, underneath the hood, these two guys, even though they look different on the outside, they can have the same desires, same dreams, and same motivation. Isn't that true? This guy looks different than this guy, and both of those could be living a quote-unquote normal life. Because, see, if you look at the way that the culture that we live in, the world that we live in, music that we listen to, movies that we watch, and books we read, magazines we read, and TV that we watch, how would they describe a normal life? Well, the world that we live in, it would describe a normal life. A normal life is all about what you can get out of this life. What you can get in this life. In fact, that has a name for it. Did you know that? It's called the American dream. You ever heard of it? The American dream. The American dream of the dream that that life is all about getting that job, getting that kind of relationship, living in that house, in that neighborhood, with that kind of picket fence, and having that spouse, and those kids, and that dog and taking those kind of vacations and being able to retire at that certain age, that is what life is all about. And yeah, this guy looks different than this guy on the outside, but underneath the hood, that might be what's driving his life, just this normal life of all about what you can get. And see, here's the problem. The problem is that we can meet Jesus And Jesus can save us, and our ticket is stamped, and we're going to heaven. But by and large, what defines the way we think about our lives is still the culture that we live in. So Jesus has saved us, and we come to church, and we worship Jesus, and we sing the songs. But really, the prayer in our hearts is, Jesus, make the American dream true for me. Here's my life. Jesus fit into my life, and I will come to church, and I will sing as long as you do what I want. You better not step out of line. Because if you step out of line, you do something I don't want, you take a, you take a right turn when I want to take a left, if you do anything that I don't want, I'm out. And we can bring that in the church, and that is normal. But see, here's the reality. The reality is that when you look at the Bible, when you look at the life of Jesus in the Bible, and and if you're new to the Bible, you say, how can I look at the life of Jesus in the Bible? Well, there's four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are called the Gospels. When you look at the life of Jesus in the Bible, Jesus was not normal. Would anybody agree with that? Jesus was not normal, y'all. And what made Jesus stand out was not the way that he looked, okay? In fact, we don't know what Jesus looks like. I know that you've seen the pictures of the white guy with the perm wearing the white dress, but that wasn't Jesus, all right? Might be Kenny Loggins. Is that too dated of a reference? Anybody? Some of you are upset because you have that picture of Kenny Loggins in your living room, right? That's Jesus. It might be Billy Ray Cyrus. We don't know, right? Jesus was not normal, Jesus stood out in a crowd, and it wasn't the way that he looked. It's how he lived. Jesus was not normal. In fact, if you compare Jesus to every single person that was alive during Jesus' day, and those people who were alive during Jesus' day, by and large, what was under the hood, same thing under the hood for a lot of people in this room right now, same dreams, same goals, 
same ambitions. But if you compare Jesus to, the how, people, to, to how people who lived during Jesus' day, to how they lived and what was under the hood, Jesus was not normal. So I want you to see that very quickly. So let's just pretend that this is every single person that was alive when Jesus walked. And let's just pretend this is Jesus with a blue UK mohawk. The normal life, the normal life under the hood, normal life. And again, this was true in Jesus' day, true in our day. Normal life, life is all about what you can get. Life is all about, we're going to see if this works. Life is all about what you can get what you can get getting more money more square footage more power more pleasure life is all about what you can get but if you look at the life of Jesus Jesus's life was all about what he could give Jesus's life was all about what he could give look out for your mohawk Jesus there we go there we go that's gonna make my life easier normal life normal life if somebody hurts you Somebody hurts you, they, they say something to you, they offend you. Normal life response to, to when you get hurt by somebody is to choose anger and bitterness. Isn't that true? Anger and bitterness. There's some of you, somebody did something to you 20 years ago, and here you are 20 years removed. You're still bitter. Normal life is to choose anger and bitterness. But did you know that when Jesus was hurt by people, Jesus constantly chose forgiveness? Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what. Anybody know? They don't, they don't know what they're doing. God, forgive them. Jesus constantly chose forgiveness. Here's another one. Normal life, normal life for people in Jesus' day, in our day, normal life, it's all about my plans. Maybe you just sang every song and at the core of your heart, it's all about your plans. It's all about my plans, where I'm going to go to college, what I'm going to do after I get out of college, what I'm going to do when I grow up. It's all about my plans. Jesus' life was constantly about God's plan. Constantly about God's plan. Over and over, he chose God's plan. See, some, here's what I want us to see today. Jesus has never called us or anybody to live a normal life. Instead, Jesus always called us to follow so if you've got a Bible, I want you to take your Bible actually to the exact same place we were last week, Matthew chapter 16. Go ahead and open up your Bible. Matthew, <clears throat> excuse me, Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 is where we're going to be, and we're going to be in verses 24 through 27. Matthew 16, 24, 27, turn it on on your phone, your mobile device. If you don't have anything, it should be on the screen behind me. Here's Jesus. Matthew 20, in Matthew chapter 16, rather, Matthew 16, verses 24 through 27, it says this, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Verse 27. For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. 
Now let's pause for just a second. Hey, if you're here, you don't believe in God, like church isn't your deal, and man, you're just kind of kicking the tires, checking this out. Would you lean in for just a second? Let me say something to you, man. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't believe in God for, until I was 18 years old. 18, I met Jesus, and we can talk about how that happened at another time. But maybe you're, I don't want to assume we're on the same page on the spiritual journey, and maybe you're here and this is where you're at. I think that Jesus was a wise man, said a lot of good things, but he was not God. Lean in for a second. Jesus didn't give us an option like that. And here's why. Because if Jesus wasn't God, Jesus just looked at these people and you and me and humanity, and he said, follow me. We're going to talk about that, but when Jesus says, follow me, he means I want you to put me at the center of your life. Jesus says, I want you to put me first. I want you to put me at the center. I want to be the thing that you live for. I want to be the thing that gets you up in the morning. I want to be at the center of your existence. Listen to me. Only God or a crazy person says that. Amen? Only God or a crazy person. I think Jesus was wise. It's not an option. I think Jesus said a lot of great things about love, but he's not God. That's not an option. Jesus said things that only God says. And what Jesus says to us is Jesus calls us to follow him. And what we said last week is that we start, we stop existing and we start living when we begin to follow Jesus. Well, here's the question. What's it mean to follow Jesus? I mean, if Jesus is over and over talking about, hey, listen, you need to follow me. You need to follow me on every page in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You need to follow me. What does that mean to follow Jesus? Four things. I want to see four things very quickly of what it means to follow Jesus. There's four things that our church needs to know today so that we can follow Jesus. And the first thing you need to know about following Jesus, here it is, number one, following Jesus is not an option. Following Jesus is not an option. Ask your question, you answer this by raising your hand. How many of you are on Twitter? Raise your hand. How many of you are on Twitter? Not right now. I'm not trying to bust you like you're on Twitter. Right? Okay. Awesome. A lot of people are on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. And listen, Mark Holmes, 1978. I checked before I started preaching. I have 944 uh, followers on Twitter. If I can break 1,000, I think it's been a good day at church. So if you don't follow me, number one, you're using Twitter wrong. Number two, you need to do it today. Okay, but I have 944 uh, followers on Twitter, and uh, in fact, Morgan, who's sitting up here, Morgan, just, oh man, don't you just love, aren't you just thankful for Morgan, man? I just love when she sings that song, You Make Me Brave. Man, I love that. Isn't that awesome? She's going to do a lot tonight. It's going to be awesome. Two weeks ago, Morgan told me my social media game was strong. So if you're, if you're not following me, well, then you're missing out. That's what that means, right? But hey, if you're on Twitter, on Twitter is all about you can follow people. You can follow people on Twitter. And when you are on Twitter, you can, you, there's several options of things that you can do. You, you, can, you can follow somebody on Twitter and you got several options. Number one, you can just scroll on by. You're on your phone, you're just scrolling on Twitter and you might see them. I ain't going to read what they say, whatevs, right? You can just scroll on by. Or you can stop and read it. Or here's an option, here's an option, you can retweet what they say. And listen, I'll be honest, my heart skips a beat when somebody retweets my tweet. Judge me, I don't care, I don't care. But when somebody retweets my tweet, I get a little little happy. All right, I feel important. If you don't know what it means to retweet your tweet, if you're thinking he's speaking in tongues, it it means that you're sharing what somebody else said, so you're retweeting. That's an option. You can favorite what somebody else said. That's a good option. 
That's a good option. I favor a lot of people. I like when I get favorited. That just means that all of a sudden it goes on your favorites list. You can go back and you can read it later. You've got a lot of options when you follow people on Twitter. You can do something. You don't have to do anything. Listen to me. Jesus is not Twitter. Jesus is not Twitter. Somewhere it crept into the church, this idea that following Jesus is an option. So somewhere it crept into the church, and maybe you're here today, hey, you know what? I'm not really interested in following Jesus. I just don't want to go to hell. And so it's like in the church, there's like a JV and a varsity team. You know, there's like a team where people who, they just want to go to heaven. They don't really care about anything else. They just know that they don't want to go to hell. They just want to go to heaven at the end of the day. And then there's another people, and they're really serious about following Jesus, maybe. They really take it seriously. This first team, the JV team, kind of thinks the other team's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, right? You know, they're a little too excited. They need to calm down a little bit. But hey, you know what? As long as we're going to heaven, we're okay. Following Jesus is an option. Summit, following Jesus is not an option. It's not. When you give your life to Jesus, instantly you become what the Bible calls a disciple. People who got saved last week, we, we, at least three people gave their life to Jesus last week. The moment they did that, they became a disciple. If you're a Christian, you're a disciple. What's a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Jesus. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you have everything together. But a disciple is a follower of Jesus. And listen, listen, only followers of Jesus go to heaven. Because only disciples are followers of Jesus. Christians are disciples. Disciples aren't an advanced level of Christians. Disciples aren't people who have it all together. Disciples aren't people that never blow it. No, listen, disciples are people who struggle. They have doubts. They've got issues. They have seasons of up and seasons of down. But at the end of the day, the soul that Jesus saves says yes to following him. And that is not a straight line to heaven. I mean, a lot of times we get our lives stuck in a ditch. A lot of times we stall out. A lot of times we take a wrong turn. It's a messy road, but the soul that Jesus saves says yes to following Jesus. It's not an option. It's not an option. Second thing you need to see is it's not part-time. Following Jesus is not part-time. I love this verse in Luke. I think it's going to be on the screen. Luke 9, 23. And Jesus said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross when? Daily and follow me. Daily and follow me. Jesus wants you to follow him at work tomorrow. Jesus wants you to follow him at school tomorrow. Jesus wants you to follow him in the business meeting. He wants you to follow him in the boardroom. Jesus wants you to follow him at home. He wants you to follow him as a mom and as a dad and as a grandparent. 24-7, 365, this is not a Sunday-only deal. It's not following Jesus when it's convenient. It's following Jesus, period. Full-time. Here, let's have a moment of real honesty, okay? Let's have a moment of real honesty. If you can't be honest in church, you can't be honest anywhere. How many of you are not flossers, but you floss before you go to the dentist? Raise your hand. Okay, like, like how many people know that the, that the toothbrushing you do right before you go to the dentist is the best toothbrushing you've done in six months, right? Like you are scrubbing them bad boys, and you are flossing, and there are bleeding gums, and it is hurting, but those bad boys are shining when you're done, right? And did you know that the cavity you had before you started brushing didn't go away? You can't brush that cavity out. You had that bad boy. 
right? And you're going to go to the dentist, and ain't nothing changed. And after the dentist, where are you going to go? Eat a cheeseburger, right? It doesn't matter, right? But he'll ask you, are you flossing your teeth? Yeah, man, I'm flossing my teeth. Floss my teeth before I came. People do that with Jesus every week, Right? Get out of the car, walking into the church, and all of a sudden you start talking in a way you never talked before. Well, brother, how are you? I'm blessed to too, I'm too blessed to be stressed. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God. Good to see you, right? You never talk that way. Your kids are looking at you. What are you smoking? Who is that man, right? Church is over. You turn it off. You'll pull that back out next Sunday. It's not part-time. It's full-time. It's not an option. It's not part-time. Here's another one. Third thing, following Jesus is not easy. It's not. It's not easy. Following Jesus is not easy. I have three kids, and my three kids are really little, and so they, they like to buy things uh, that it takes. You have, you have to work on it. you got to put it together. Uh, my kids are really into Legos, and I don't have a single verse in the Bible to, to prove this, but I'm convinced that when Jesus comes back, he's going to throw two things into the pit of hell, the devil and Legos. Like, I know that he's going to do that, and my kids like to put together Legos, and I hate Legos, and then they have other things, and I don't know if you knew this or not, I never really noticed this. Did you know that, like, things that you have to assemble, there's, like, a part on the instructions or the box, it'll tell you the level of difficulty it takes to put that together, and about how long it'll take to put it together. And the people who wrote that are filthy liars, Right? Because I know that if it tells me it's a novice to put it together, then for me, it's extremely difficult. And I know that if it says it takes 30 minutes to put it together, it will take me three hours to put it together. And I know that the dad and the son that are on the box smiling, those are actors. And that man has never met that kid in his life, right? Because what happens for me is at the end of hour one for a novice toy when, which, that you need a PhD to put together, all of a sudden I've used language that i got to ask God to forgive me for and I need a hug. You know what I'm saying? It ain't easy. I don't care what anybody says. It's not easy. Listen, I'm going to lay my cards on the table. Following Jesus is not easy. Amen? It is not easy. Let me tell you why it's not easy. Actually, Jesus already told us why. Let's just listen to what he says again. He says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his lazy boy. Is that what he says? No. Try it again. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his first, uh, first class ticket to the beach. No, that's not what he says. Here it is. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Do you know what happens at the cross? You die at the cross. You know why it's hard to follow Jesus? Because Jesus is calling you and me to die in certain places. And you know what we don't want to do? Die. That sin you struggle with, you know why you struggle with it? You know why you tell God you're never going to do it again? And then five minutes later you go back to it because a part of you wants to do it. It's called temptation for a reason. You're tempted to do it. If it absolutely repulsed you at every single level, you wouldn't be tempted to do it. Following Jesus is not easy. But listen to me, when I say that, I don't want anybody to think, oh man, well then following Jesus is sad all the time. It's depressing all the time. Because haven't we all met Christians that got saved and then got ticked off about it? Right? I love Jesus, praise the Lord. Right? And that's why they just look angry all the time. Listen, no, that's not what I'm talking about. But, but what it means that following Jesus is not easy. He calls you to die in certain places. But what Jesus just told us is that when we die, when we lay down our lives, we will live. 
Living is found when we lay down our lives for Jesus. It's not easy. Following Jesus is not an option. It's not part-time. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not. But the last thing you need to know about following Jesus is that following Jesus has no regrets. Following Jesus leads to no regrets. Can I read verse 27 again? Look at verse 27. For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he's done. I don't know if you knew this or not. I'm sure, I'm sure you saw this on the news. You saw this on the news, right? That two weeks ago, ISIS beheaded 21 Christians. Did you see this on the news? You saw this on the news, right? The video, the footage, the pictures of those 21 men in those orange jumpsuits that ISIS captured, put on their knees, and they beheaded them. They killed them in the name of Jesus. Those men were captured specifically because they were Christians. And if you read about that story, the weeks leading up to their execution, ISIS had all of them held prisoner. And they tortured them. And they taunted them over and over and over for a period of weeks, trying to get those men to turn away from their faith in Jesus. And they would not do it. And then finally it led to a point, which we've all seen the pictures, probably you have, we've all seen the pictures of those men lined up on the beach, on their knees, each man next to him is an executioner with a machete, and those videos, and we've, I've never watched them, but we all know where it, in, where it leads to, those men choosing Jesus over their lives. 21 men. In, in fact, several Christian organizations came together and they put together a video that churches could use just to, just to remind us this is happening in the world, that there are people in the world who are choosing Jesus over their lives. And I'd like to show it for you uh, right now. So if we can get all the lights to, com- uh, to come down, check out this video. a very dangerous time to be a Christian. Torture, beheadings, destruction. Here was the of- highest level of persecution of Christians. A church congregation barricaded themselves in from hundreds of riot police. Christians are enduring attacks for their faith like Along never with the savage before. kidnappings of Christian schoolgirls in Nigeria by Boko Haram and the burning of Christian Images churches. of violence dominate headlines. Christians are being warned they have a choice. Convert to Islam, pay a very steep price or face death. Chilling new video showing the beheading of 21 Egyptian Christians. Beheadings of 21 Christians. 21 Christian men beheaded by Islamic State. The title of the video is a message signed with blood to the nation of the cross. The the sharpest jump in violent uh, attacks against Christians. We need to make the persecuted church an issue of prayer.
And see, here's what I believe about those 21 men. I, I don't believe that those men were perfect. In fact, I, I'm convinced that in that, that in that moment, We saw images there when they were on their knees and they knew what was coming up next. I'm convinced that they were thinking about their families and I'm convinced that they were afraid and they were scared and I'm convinced that there was a spiritual courage that was surging through their DNA that you can only explain by the living God to choose Jesus over their lives. And see, the normal life, the normal life will look at those 21 men and say that was a tragedy. That was not a tragedy. And that was not a tragedy because as soon as those men exited those exited this life, as soon as their heads left their body, they instantly saw Jesus Christ. And they are alive right now. And they are victorious over every ounce of persecution and the enemy. And when they saw Jesus... When they saw Jesus, Jesus looked at them and he said, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. And those men had no regrets. They had no regrets. The normal life is not going to prepare you for that kind of sacrifice. And God forbid that we would ever have to make that choice, right? Pray to God that we would never have to make that choice. And listen to me, odds are we never will. Odds are you will never have to make that choice. But listen, that was not a tragedy, those 21 men dying. Here is a tragedy. Verse 27, one more time. The Son of Man is going to come. He is going to come. He is going to come. With his angels in the glory of his Father, and then me and you and your husband and your wife and your kids and the person behind you and in front of you and next to you and the people at your school and at your work and in your neighborhood and that you will never meet in this life, then, we will, then he will repay each person according to what he has done. See, a tragedy is when you and I stand in front of Jesus because we are going to see him. Jesus just told us in this verse, it is drawn on God's calendar in permanent ink a day when you and me will stand in front of him and give an account for what we did. And it will be a tragedy to look back over your life, look into the eyes of Jesus and say, Jesus, I was real popular. Jesus, I had a huge house. Jesus, I worked my tail off to get that promotion, and you should have seen all the things that I bought for my kids, and we took amazing vacations. Jesus, I was able to retire early. A lot of my friends couldn't retire early, but I retired early, and it was so cool because I went and bought an RV the size of Texas, and then we just traveled the country. And listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. If you have an RV the size of Texas, praise God. Don't feel guilty about that. Like, I have a house, and I ain't going to feel guilty when I go to it today. And if you can take a vacation, take that vacation, and don't you feel guilty. You have money in the bank. The sermon today is not about feeling guilty. That's a stupid sermon. No. 
But it's a tragedy when we look at our lives, when we accomplish the American dream. And Jesus says you can get the American dream summit and lose your soul. That is a tragedy. Amen? you got to know that's a tragedy. And Jesus is not calling you to, norm, to, be, to be normal. He is calling you to follow him. Because listen to me, when your expiration date comes, the only thing that matters is following Jesus. And when you see him, and you will see him, you will see him. And when you see him, in Jesus' presence, there is no regret for following Jesus. No regret. There is no sacrifice regretted in the presence of Jesus. There is no regret for following him. And so what I've been praying for today is I've just been praying that today might be a wake-up call for me. Because am, am I the only one in the room that can just get so caught up in life? And listen, my job is to do things for God, right? But am I the only one that can just get so caught up in life and just so shift into neutral of paying the bills and making sure that life is okay and just clocking in and clocking out and waking up and going to sleep and the entire time Jesus is calling us to more. He is calling us to follow him. Teenagers, Jesus is calling you to follow him. Men, Jesus is calling you to follow him. Ladies, Jesus is calling you to follow him. What would it look like if over the next seven days, let's just talk seven days, what would it look like if over the next seven days, our church, you and me, we put a concerted effort, we put more energy into following Jesus over the next seven days? It was more at the forefront of our minds over the next seven days than it has been, maybe at all in 2015. What would happen if over the next seven days, our prayer every day was, Jesus, I will follow you wherever and whatever you want, I will follow Think of the people that might get served. Think of the relationships that might be put back together. Think of what it would do to your school. Think of what it would do to your home. Think of what it would do to where you work. Think of what it would do to you. If you were to say, Jesus, I feel like a hot mess most of the time, and I barely made it here, and I struggle with doubt so much and fear so much, but I want to follow you. If you'll take my life, Jesus, I, I just want to follow, I just want to live for you. Because he is not calling us to be normal. He is calling us to follow him. Would you pray with me? Jesus, right now, we just, we just want you to move in our lives. Because we don't want church as normal. We don't want just some Sunday part-time activity, Jesus. You said there's coming a day when we are all going to stand right in front of you and we're going to give account for what we did. 
What do we do with our lives? What do we do with our dash? And Jesus, we stop existing and we start living when we begin to follow you. And so God, I pray, I pray that that's our prayer. I pray that over the next seven days, that would be our prayer as individuals and as families and as a church like it's never been. Jesus, we just want to follow you. And we will go wherever and we will do whatever. And I pray that right now you would help us to make that commitment. I pray that a lot of people would make that commitment right now, that over the next seven days they want that to be their prayer. Jesus, I will follow you. Amen. Would you look at me for a second? That's my challenge today. My challenge is for every single one of us. My challenge is for me. My challenge is for you. My challenge is is for you if you're here. And yeah, you're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But you know what? God's really at work in your life. I'm talking to you. Talking to you. My challenge is for you if you walked away from God and God's bringing you back. My challenge is for you if maybe God's stirring something in your heart right now and you can't explain it. He's drawing you to himself. My challenge is for you if you want a deeper walk with God. My challenge is for you if you've been taking God really lightly. He's kind of been on the edge of your life. And he's telling you, no, 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 I don't want to, I'm not calling you to follow me on the edge. I'm calling you to follow me at the center. My challenge is for you if you're a teenager, if you're a grandparent, from the youngest to the oldest, my challenge is for you that over the next seven days, we would put more effort and focus, and, and our prayer would be, Jesus, I will follow you. In fact, I put this prayer on the screen here. Jesus, lead me. Help me to follow you today, wherever you want me to go. That's a simple prayer, but I am telling you it is a powerful prayer. Jesus, lead me today. Help me to follow you. Jesus, lead me. Help me to follow you today wherever you want me to go. And with every single person looking, with every single person looking, there isn't a person that's, bat, that's got their head bowed right now. If you say, you know what? I want That's my prayer. I want to follow Jesus. And over the next seven days, I want that to be a more consistent prayer in my life. I want to follow him in front of everybody. Stand up right now. Just where you're at. You don't have to come up front. Just stand. If that's your prayer, stand up right now. Teenagers, adults, if that's you, stand up. If it's not you, don't stand up. Don't do it because everybody else does. But that's me, man. I want that. I, I want to follow Jesus like that. I want to get back to where I used to be. I want to go beyond where I am right now, Jesus. Lead me. So here's what we're going to do. If you're standing, if you're standing, I'm going to assume you're sincere. I'm going to assume that God's at work. God's leading you to stand. And I want us all to pray this out loud audibly together. I want you to say it. And I don't want you to mumble. I want you to say it. Because we're praying together as a church. Jesus, this is our prayer. So I want us to pray this out loud together. Just read this off the screen with me if this is your prayer today. Jesus, lead me. Help me to follow you today wherever you want me to go. Let's pray one more time with everybody standing. Jesus, that is our prayer. And God, This week we are going into schools and we are going to work. And this afternoon we're going into restaurants and we're going home with families. God, today we might be coming back for the night of worship. God, we might go to the grocery store this afternoon. God, we might have some meeting this week. God, there are thousands and countless of opportunities that we have this week to make a difference in people's lives. God, at every single point you are calling us to follow you. So Jesus, we want to be led by you. And anything that's in the way right now, we want to surrender it. We want to surrender it right now. In fact, while everybody's in a spirit of prayer, 
No one is looking. If that's, if that's you today and you say, Mark, I want to follow Jesus, but there's some things in my life I need to surrender to him right now. Raise your hand right now so I can pray for you. Just raise your hand right now, Mark. There's some things in my life i got to surrender to God so I can follow him. Hands are going up all over the middle right here. I see a hand right over here towards the back. I see a hand towards uh, the back in this section. Hands are going up right here. There's another hand just, just now went up. There's a hand right over there. Mark, there's some things I need to surrender to God today so I can follow him. Raise your hand. Hands are going up right over here. God, help these people to surrender that. These people to take that bold step. It's not easy. It's scary. Jesus, you are worth it. With every head bowed, no one is looking. Today might be the day when Jesus is calling you to give your life to him for the very first time. If something is stirring inside of your heart today, say, man, I need Jesus. I want you to know that's God talking to you. And right now I'm going to pray a prayer. And if you want Jesus to save you, you want to begin to follow him. Pray this prayer silently with me where you're standing. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I want to begin to follow you right now I am not perfect and I'm going to mess up but help me to live for you the best that I can thank you for your love and thank you for salvation no one is looking around no one is watching if you just prayed that prayer I would love to know it and I would love to celebrate with you and pray with you today so if you just prayed that prayer if today you're making the decision to follow Jesus for the very first time and giving your life I'm going to count to three. As soon as I say three, just raise your hand in the air. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. If today you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, here's a hand in the middle. There's another hand right over there. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just raise your hand right there where you're at. Today I'm giving my life to Jesus. Listen, if you raise your hand to make that decision, I want you to put your hand down. I want you to look at me right now. Just look at me right now. Listen, you just made the biggest decision of your life. And when you walked in, that connection card that we gave you, there is a box in the back that says, I gave my life to Christ. And we want to help you in the journey that you just started. Because you didn't finish something, you just started something today. So check that box, and on your way out, you can drop it in one of the baskets. But let me tell you what I would prefer you to do. In the back of the auditorium, we've got a free Bible for you and a green book. It's called Seek First. We wrote it for you. Would you take your card, or if you don't have one, they're right there at the back of that table, and just grab a Bible, grab one of those books. But don't you leave today until you let somebody know that decision. Check that box on the back of the card and let someone know. Jesus, thank you that you do not call us to a normal, safe life. You call us to step out and to follow you. Father, I thank you for decisions that were made. And Father, over the next seven days, I pray that we as individuals would see a difference. We'd come back here next Sunday and we'd say, man, something happened. Something happened this week. I saw Jesus at work in my life like I hadn't seen in a long time or ever. God, do that for your glory. Jesus, lead us and help us to go wherever you want us to go and do whatever you want us to do. In your name, amen. Church, let's praise God for today. Man, this is just awesome see so many people make that decision and people gave their life to, lives to Christ today. So right now our volunteers are going to get in place. Hey, listen, if we can pray for you, if you made a decision, anything at all, write that on the back of your card. Put that in the bo- uh, offering uh, baskets as you're walking out. If you made that decision, though, to give your life to Christ, please, please, please don't leave until you let somebody know, okay? Guys, listen, tonight at 6 is uh, our night of worship. Also, hey, make sure if you want to info about the student building, needs for that. 
Here's the list. It's right out there in the lobby to the left. Guys, love you. Hope to see every one of you here tonight. If we can't, if we can't see you, next Sunday, 11 o'clock right here. You're dismissed, guys. Thanks.